Season 5, Episode 13. Merry Christmas, Clough. Merry Christmas, Clough. Merry Christmas, Chids. <laughs> Away we go. Away we go. I have to keep reminding myself today's Sunday because I don't know what day of the week it is. It's a nice byproduct of having um, as much freedom as we... That that just smacks of of uh, of freedom, eh? When you can mm-hmm. sort of get into that summer, a little bit of summer mindset or retirement. Retirement. I had that little bit of an alien feeling. Um, when was it? When we had the week off, we, my because my school's an early start. Mm-hmm. We got in a week October. off. Yeah, in October. We, yeah, we got we got a, a week off when um, when just before was it just before it was somewhere around somewhere around uh, Halloween. I think it's amazing. So I'm so unappreciative. Eh? I like when was that? When when was that thing that you know I know for sure other people in the world don't get, and I don't even have a sweet sweet memory. It's no sweet memory of it. Um, but that I think I mentioned to you that I had a weird emotional response where I was like, what is, what is this weird kind of like feeling that I'm having here? And then it kind of occurred to me, is this what retirement's going to feel like? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, these long stretches of having two weeks off is still, um, I don't want to say unnerving. But you get getting, I get in these weird moments of realizing, yeah, the whole world doesn't actually operate this way. Mm-hmm. It's not everybody. This is just, this is just you and EDU. You and I had a bit of a talk about that, and I wanted to c- come back to it. So I'm glad that you mentioned it. Um, as I'm driving around from place to place before Christmas, just doing some odds and ends. I have this realization and I don't know if it was before you and I talked or after around there are still people at work. Like there are people, I think it was your, um, your, how many friends do you have in EDU and outside of EDU conversation that got Mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. thinking about I'm driving around from place to place. Um, looking for stuff, doing stuff. And there are people who are at work, working. And that my world is, um, my world is, is so different than theirs, right? Like the whole, te- the teacher world is different. Um, I had that thought and I was like, wow, I really like that I've got this time off. But again, those are the same people who say, those are the same people who say to us, um, in the summer, it must be nice to have the time off. But then, you know, in November, they're saying I could never do your job. Right. They're the same people. I don't know which one to believe. People say that. Because the truth is, anybody could do our job. Not saying that I, I'm, I'm not saying I want, I'm about to, I'm not giving up my job right now, but um, when people sort of say that, I always wonder what it is they're saying. Are they, are they talking about some particular 
skill set that I have or a lack in skill set that they have? What do you hear of that? I hear a lack of skill set is what I hear when they say, I don't know how you do that. I could never, I could never deal with that. Gotcha. Or kids doing this or kids talking like this. I could never. I'm like, oh, okay. The, um, the people that you have in your PLN though, see, it's not the PLN. And I didn't write the tweet. I didn't put the, you know, you sort of write a tweet, you can't edit a tweet. And then you think of afterwards, oh, this would have been a better way to more neutrally provoke a conversation that wasn't as leading. Um, Cause I liked what you posted back, you know, the whole, you know, honing in on the actual friends term of that statement. I think the social network that I was speaking to in that tweet was just the people that you, you generally interact with on the day within that you're going to have friends and friendlies. And I think even colleagues kind of exist in a friends or friendlies kind of spectrum. Um, friendlies being your most entry level. I guess we have enemies too. <laughs> we have uh, non-playable characters that are not uh, anywhere near what we need or want. Um, so the um, that that ratio for me is probably 90-10. 90% of the people that I interact with, I would say, are um, in EDU. And I know EDU isn't a category of person. I get that. It's just a category. So I didn't want to dig too far into, well, what's the problem with, you know, that's that's the people that you have. That's, that, that's, that's who you have access to. So, you know, if I don't... Hmm, it's funny in saying it, I didn't want to suggest that somehow someone that worked in EDU isn't rich enough or sort of broad enough. I don't mean rich enough in personality uh, or interesting enough to kind of satisfy um, all the all the different interests, everything that I am. I'm not suggesting that. It just got me thinking about um, philosophically, this job, I think weed kind of like winds its way into the way that you think it winds its way into creating access points as well so as you pointed out because i had this similar moment of realization like wow there's still a whole bunch of people out there that aren't without work for two weeks and you know or not doing work for two weeks you're right going and doing shopping and kind of getting out there and being um kind of active still out in the community means that there's still other people out there, you know, selling the drinks at Starbucks or someone that's in the booth at the Costco gas station. Mm -hmm. And I just had this fleeting moment of what would a community look like? That was predominantly a bunch of teachers. And this kind of led me more into one of those spaces where you and I have talked before about, um, who's in your PLN. And I know for me, just in a general sense, I'm doing, I'm getting better and better at the, with the idea of having more diverse people around me. So if I'm actively trying to uh, improve myself as a teacher, well, I don't want teachers around me telling me how to teach. I want people that are doing teaching as a product or just as a, as a symptom of their work 
but they wouldn't necessarily even identify themselves as teachers. And um, I find like I can I can synthesize that thinking back into um, what it means to be a teacher. And for the most part, that's been a part of my pursuit in Twitter 7.0, whatever version I'm at on that. It's like a, it's like moving through another layer of Twitter to try and include individuals in there that aren't uh, in the EDU bubble with the two weeks off. They're managing to do their work and be a teacher within their work. And that's even if I observe it, like I just see them doing teaching. And then I say to myself, man, I would love to try and draw that into my practice. How do I do it? So back to who I socialize with, finding more and more people that are kind of outside my regularly accessible day, um, I'm starting to see how difficult that is because teaching also sets some pretty clear time. Like those timelines of freedom to have two weeks off also means that great now I don't have direct face-to-face -face connection with a lot of the people that are, I would say, in the friends-to-friendly zone. It's just the nature of the fact all of them are at work. And because we're not all coming to that, that central part of work, I'm not directly interacting with them at all. I get, I can text them. I can sort of do that. But, you know, that's just one kind of dimension of the friendship. So um, no, no, like no complaints here. No complaints here. More just commenting on how I've learned, how I've learned to socialize or relearn, actually, maybe a good way to put it, and you'll appreciate this, how I've had to relearn to socialize according to the rules of being a teacher. And you've mentioned before, talking about, you know, the rogue nation and heathens that um, used to be more a part of my hospitality and being a chef world, like just you kind of articulating like there's just some something about those people that are willing to do that kind of work i would agree i would agree there is something and for the longest time that's all the people i hung around with too <laughs> like i've traded one social group for another in a lot of ways and i actually don't connect with a lot of those people anymore i just i don't connect with them anymore and i will say um mostly, I would say mostly because of the constraints of the actual hourly of the job. Like I just, I, I don't have access to, I don't have access. Like I'm now in a sort of like beyond site, like a nine to four kind of a job and then kind of having to do prep at night. I'm not doing my housework during the day and then having to go to a shift at 5 PM at night till midnight or 1 AM in the morning. So there's a whole, this whole other universe of people that are still working. I used to be a part of that other universe. I'm, I'm aware and familiar with that other universe. Um, it's fascinating. And I know I've just, I've, I easily gave up one universe for the other. I have zero complaints. Um, zero complaints. Uh, but it is, it's funny for me to think about those connections that I used to have. And I, and like, I would say teaching, being a teacher has taught me quite a few things about reflective practice and asking questions about why I do what I do. I would say when I was a chef, I was not, I was not the same reflective practitioner. Like I did not do stuff like this. Um, 
And so in, in many ways, thinking about who I socialized with was far less complicated. <laughs> also, back when I was doing hospitality, I wasn't like I wasn't doing hospitality um, through Twitter. Back when I was doing hospitality, the most I was using software to manage the kitchen and to do recipe writing. Um, but I wasn't going on social media, you know, connecting with other chefs and talking about how we how we run our joints like I wasn't doing that like I do now with teaching. Dude, that was a really, that was a, that was the most run on sentence. Brilliant pieces. You mentioning seeing the other world. I used to be a part of that world. I would have been one of the people that were sort of serving you and your family a meal, right? Yeah. I burned, yeah. Oh yeah. Three times during the day, I would wonder to myself, are they on holidays? Like if I saw, you know what I mean? I'm like, how can they come in so often? Um, and Again, I wasn't a reflective practitioner when I was back in that space. So I was never really questioning, you know, what else is out there for me as far as being a, a, a chef or a, um, somebody working in hospitality. It just never, it never occurred to me. Um, the old days where we could go to restaurants freely. Are you, are you, are you, are you, um, are you are you jonesing? Uh, As in you you wish you could be. I'm trying not to live in that space too much because I've I've been learning to enjoy the peace of slowing down. Mm. Right. Um, it's it's really it's a weird space for me to live in because the pandemic. Now I, the pandemic has allowed me has basically forced me to stop doing things, right? Like it's, it is stopped things from happening. And part of that is like, I, you know, I don't like that. I haven't seen my mom in a little while. Mm -hmm. um, but I do like that. I don't have anywhere to go right now. Mm. Um, I do like that. I do like that it's forced people who are forcing others to be on the run all the time. Can't do that anymore. It took a lot of power away from those people that like to move and shake no matter what. And for whatever reason. Um, and sometimes the tail wags the dog. So yep. I am not missing that stuff, but I am missing the time that's passing, like, you know, my family, we would go out a lot to dinner. Uh, so we'd spend time socializing and eating food outside of the home. We haven't done that in the same way for a long time. So I do miss things like that. Yeah, I guess right now I'm not like sitting here crying over it. Whereas other, I know other people are, uh -huh, are uh -huh. very upset with what's happening and how the world is slowed down. Um, and for a variety of different reasons, like my, my um, way of earning money is not interrupted by the pandemic. Uh -huh. But for some people it is. So I do feel for them.
I'm just speaking about my reality. My reality right now is um, slowing down um, is good for me. Not that I was really speeding up, but things have changed and I'm I'm learning to, I guess, appreciate the slowing down of time. But in some ways, it's not slowing down because my kids are getting older, right? Um, mm-hmm. We're losing time with certain people and certain experiences that we can't get back. That sucks. But I can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. I've had the had the combo. It was kind of more as a result of um so we had a birthday. Jake's birthday was on the twenty third, right? And uh we had a moment where we were saying, you know, it's too bad. Or we we're, you know, a little bit sad that we couldn't do more in a more broad kind of social sense, you know, inviting kids. We were we were we were going to uh, initially go to a um there's a an outdoor hill near us. I mean, the weather kind of went as well. And it's sort of like there's tubing there. We've gone there a few times. We really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and with the weather shift and uh, the numbers jumping, it's like, why? Why, 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 why go there? Why try and do that? Don't, let's not. So, um, yeah, we kind of, we had some moments just kind of, I guess what you're saying, wishing that things were different than they were. Mm-hmm. And I keep finding my my pivot, my pivot to sort of take a little bit of the sting out of that is um, move into an active state, do something. And it's kind of like my mind goes like, even if it's vacuuming, which is like a, it's the worst trade-off ever. It isn't, but just do something. There's something about the immobilizing power of um, where we're at the pandemic, and the and the wave factor, right? Like I, it's it. <laughs> I've said to students in the past when they were they were you know I was making a recommendation about a you know con- like consider this, consider a different counter way of thinking, and they're like yeah whatever you know they, they sort of push back and they're like no they they protest they fight back. And they kind of, kind of just stand there staring at me. Like there's nothing more to say. And, you know, I've said stuff to them before, like, you know, I'm the ocean dude. I'm going to, I'm going to bring this back. I'm going to keep bringing this back to your shore again. And I've, I said it with being a little bit cheeky, but also recognizing like, there's a power in that there's a power. And I'm thinking from a positive point of view, I'm just going to keep bringing this idea back to you until you start to find a place to do something with it, as opposed to deny, deny its reality arguing with that reality and they're like clef you're whacked i'm like i am i am that's okay i'm glad you've accepted that i've accepted that too um the pandemic is working in that exact same way is that with each wave each successive wave we're reminded we're reminded about having to deal with reality and the dealing with the reality what I've, I've shifted to is to not argue with it. Like that's really what I've shifted with. The, the reality is, is that um, if the numbers are here and then I don't want to be included in that list, then I'm going to actively do something to not be on that list. 
which means I'm not going to go out and do stuff. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go and socialize. I'm not going to sit in a movie theater. I'm not going to do these things where it increases the likelihood that I move from one list to another. Um, so I don't know if my world because of my, the way that I kind of introvertedly move through the world, I feel it's kind of whacked. I kind of feel like I'm still positioned well in the way that I navigate the world because I do, I am like, I, I like my, I, I, I like in isolation. Like I'm okay with sort of being, um, what's the word? I guess it's isolation. That's, that's we'll call it as that. I'm okay with that. Um, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of people now are okay. So that exact same thing that I mentioned, I don't even remember if it was on the podcast talking about new year's Eve. Was that before it was in the on-ramp talking about just not being like, I'm not great at parties. Yeah. Um, so that feeling that I had of trying to fit into the gregarious extroverted mold by par participating in like the parties around the season and the parties around New Year's Eve, mm -hmm. I am, I'm imagining that that's what extroverted people are feeling like now, where they no longer, as you said, have access to the party. They no longer have access to these broader spaces and they're trying to sort of figure out what does it mean what does what's what does it mean to them to be in an introverted lifestyle a contemplative lifestyle a more reflective practice lifestyle something that is smaller just as connected but connected in different ways let's say mm -hmm. and trying to figure out well, what are those satisfying different ways um so i feel like the whole the whole world has been inverted right now and the fourth wave, I think, is just a reminder. It really is the reminder that we are all still fully like siloed in an introverted world. And I think that some of the individuals, I think individuals that have kind of figured out a way to navigate that are probably feeling a little bit better, not about the pandemic, but about themselves within the pandemic. I don't think there's, I don't, I mean, yeah, no one's feeling good about the pandemic in the big broad sense, but as far as the um how they're navigating and and what is wellness um is probably contingent on figuring out what does it be what does it mean to be an extrovert and tapping into their introvert toolkit because in a lot it's funny actually no it's funny because i was about to say something that probably doesn't make sense at all because i was going to say I think that because of the nature of our world, the nature of my circles, it's easier to be an extrovert than it is an introvert. So if you natu if your natural setting is more introverted, the choosing to go and connect in spaces seems to be um, like starting from something that you can sort of drive your own energy and thinking like without getting too, you know, definition-y about what the words mean i've always taken introversion just mean like you can kind of like look inward and fuel your own engine you're sort of a little bit more self-sustaining that way um for better for worse extroversion being that you need external kind of like you need ex external things to kind of light you up and and keep you activated and connected um i feel like i could always choose 
I think that as an introvert, my choice to reach out is there in a way then it seems more accessible to me than if I were an extrovert and having to sort of force myself to look in inward. Because the way I kind of look at it is that ultimately we are just individuals in the world. You got, you, you know, I think part of the whole, we talked about living a philosophical life is that you are trying to figure out what it means just to be you, just to be you as a single unit. What is it that you are? What is it that you aspire to be? You know, what's your belief system, fears, hopes, dreams, all that kind of stuff. Um, I feel more comfortable, you know, <laughs> when there's no other outward sort of chatter going on existing in my understanding of me um and just hang in with me i'm okay with just hanging with me uh but i can choose to sort of take that and go into you know a restaurant or a movie theater or open space a park whatever i wonder about the difference if it's more challenging for extroverts to sort of retrofit and kind of come back to that I wonder if there's not, and this is, it's a flawed kind of study, but as far as the, some of the isolation that comes along with, that has come along with, with pandemic and the fourth wave and whatever might be the fifth or the sixth wave, or just, maybe it's no longer waves because waves, waves suggest a location that maybe many people aren't at anymore. Maybe other people have decided to go right out into the water and they're just there now. Mm -hmm. They're kind of just, just floating out in the water. They're no longer on the shore saying, I'm just going to wait for that thing to come to me. I'm just going to get right out in the water, water wings, front crawl, boat, whatever. Um, but I'm going to get right out in the middle of the ocean because the actual impact of waiting for the next wave is more problematic than me just figuring out how to swim out into the water. Merry Christmas, Chids. Same to you, Christopher. <laughs> that was way too long again it's all good buddy yeah what do you got for us today in terms of art it's a little dark (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) um i can't i can see it but i don't know what it is a tree is it a tree stump or yeah it's a tree it's a tree, and then I see like a, a star at the top. Is that right? Yep. It's a messed up Christmas tree. Is that what it is? Yeah, a little bit. I have to still tighten it. It's a tree on fire. Oh, just, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't see that, but that's just me. <sighs> so next week... We all in the family had this sudden aha kind of moment of how next week is like Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve are one week apart. Like that was, that was, that was a big realization for us. We're like, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. It's kind of funny, isn't it? That was a big realization for us. Um, So uh, New Year's. I don't have a better way to ask it. Any meaning to you? Um, not particularly. No. What about yourself? No, none. None. Um, you know, I was mentioning, like I mentioned before, the whole, like I, I tried to have that have meaning to me. Um, 
I tried to be, I tried to be someone that could sort of take that, take that and make it, hmm, like make it uh, like a turning point, make it into something. And I was never, I was never that guy. I, I never could do it. Yeah, I could never do it. Ever since uh, I was young and I could remember, sorry to cut you off there. No, no, go do it. New Year's has also always been a, um, a painful holiday for me. Okay. Because it always comes with shutting down the Christmas break. Um, it was connected with parties and stuff that happened that I couldn't be part of because it seems like it's a, it's an adult celebration. Mm. And I know these days, I know these days parents have lightened it up and done stuff with kids and yada, yada, yada. But that's all just like, it's all filler. You know, um, so I come from a family where just you're a kid too bad. Like you don't get, there's nothing for you here, you know, constant um, kids table. I'm hearing constant kids table. There's nothing wrong with the kids table. It's just on this for new year's. It's just BS. It's mm. just, a, it's just a, anyway, it has no, it's never had any meaning to me. And I went through a phase in my life where I tried to make it make, have meaning for me. Like, do you force it? And it's like, mm -hmm. nah. So, you know, there's no staying up late here. If it is, it's because I, you know, I can't sleep. Um, cause I know my sleeping pattern's gone to like, it's gone. Um, like even waking up to do the podcast today, I like, I roll over, look at my watch. I'm like, yeah, I can still stay in bed. I don't need to get up. Um, the majority of my house is still asleep right now. It's just sleep has taken over this house and, so if I'm up, it's because I can't sleep. It's not because I'm waiting for it to be midnight so I can celebrate the new year. Uh, it has no meaning to me. I don't particularly like it. I do not want to focus on that metric because then two days later, I got to go back to work. Mm. So I would just focus on, I still have a week off and it's just going to stay that way. <laughs> um, so that's me. I've never, you know, this is kind of cool that we're talking about this today because I've never really talked about it. I've never talked about it. I grew up not liking it. Then I went through a phase of trying to like it because I thought that was the way to do it. And now I'm back to it can kiss my rear end and I'm not interested in it. It's it's for it's, I like how you're there are things that um still chids there's things that still haunt me from my hospitality days. And this is one of them. Um a, a part of being in, and anybody who's ever a server worked in the restaurants that the, the, the thing that happens most consistently, one of those things that you can depend on is that you're arriving at the party just as everything's winding down. Mm, I imagine, yeah. Yeah. That's just the, that's, that's the rule of, of work in hospitality is that you're out there providing a space for other people to be entertained mm -hmm. um, when they're on holiday, AKA these two weeks, right? There are places right now that are really depending on people to spend money there because they know it's the holiday season in hospitality. There's many little holiday seasons, you know, there's mother's day, sometimes father's day. Some people go out for Easter birthdays, 
you know, office parties, anniversaries, other different celebrations. There's the Christmas season, staff party stuff. Like there's a ton of stuff that we were always in a lot. When, where I was the last restaurant I was at, we were right across the street on Young Street in the Eaton Center. And there's, you know, the Winter Garden Theater. There's two theaters right across the street. Massey Hall's just around the corner. So we are always dependent on that seasonality of, of the other, yet we never had for ourselves. Mm. We would, you know, we would have our own staff parties, but we'd be having it, you know, kind of in January because January is kind of like your, your down month a little bit. Um, you're doing inventory, year end, um, staffing lowers a little bit. The whole, your whole customer base is stung a little bit from spending their, they're, they're the spending hangover, like they're sort of keeping more cash for themselves as opposed to spending it openly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, my, my memories are very much sort of still entrenched in the whole holidays as a general sense. I guess they've just been kind of neutralized. They've been neutralized by the fact that, um, and I still, the fact that I was never able to sort of build um, that hopeful expectation of a, a of the the new year's eve party this has fed into other spaces my whole protect the weekend is in have a little bit of fun each day but also don't look forward to the weekend because if you're putting everything just into the weekend that means like are you really living during the week like living for you are you living with that idea of having some fun each day um and so i i think it also kind of feeds into just my personal mindset just around of like my introversion. Like I was, I was, I am one of those, I am one of the types of introverts that when I need to turn it on and be a part of those things, I can do it. I understand that I have that fluency. And that was very useful to me in the restaurant business because I could be sort of calm and present. And then if I went out and I was sort of into, you know, interacting with other individuals at the tables, I could be that, that um, gregarious sort when I had to. Uh, I'm finding less and less, that I need to be that person anymore. It's kind of a funny thing. Um, Cause I definitely don't have to be that person around my family, which is great. I don't have to put on that. Those ears. I, it's, <laughs> last thing I'll say about this, just that idea of sort of being like almost othered when within this idea of, of holidays. When I first started working at, there was a restaurant I was working in Guelph way back in the day called the Portly Penguin. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a cool restaurant um, right near the university and the university between my first, so I went to, I went to university in 1990. So I was living on campus 1990 and that year they just introduced a um, like the meal cards. So instead of, you actually had a slideable card that your, your meal plan would be on. <clears throat> in 91, it was either 91 or 92 they decided the university decided that the meal cards could be used like different restaurants in town bought in. So what that means is you could take your cash that was preloaded, like your meal plan that was preloaded onto your meal card um, and use it at local restaurants. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden restaurants were starting to get a cut. The restaurant I was working at the poorly penguin bought in they, whatever that meant for them to buy in. So students would arrive and they would, they could actually pay for meals. there using their, so all of a sudden there was a whole ton like the poorly penguin in itself was a popular roadhouse restaurant just already pretty popular at the time um now all of a sudden and i had a had a job there was great now all of a sudden we had students arriving there so i'll never forget one um 
karaoke night. So karaoke nights were Tuesdays. And it was also half price wing nights or cheap wing nights. So I roll up to a table and I go into my spiel. Like I roll up to a two seater. And the way that the restaurant is kind of set up is there were all these booths around the outside of the restaurant. And then there was sort of like an inner, kind of like a, like an outside square. And then there's a square just inside of that. And there were little two seaters that were sort of all along the one sides of them. So you could get these little deuces, like little face to face boots. And then in the center were tables. So you could actually, you could walk through the center of the restaurant or you could walk around the outside of the restaurant, like between. So I was coming up to a table in my section. They didn't see me. I didn't say that, see them because they were seated right beside this wall. I come on the corner. I'm like, Hey, how's it going? My name is Chris. I'll be your server this evening. Can I start you with a drink? Just like I probably threw in a welcome to Portly Penguin, something like that as well. It's karaoke night, something else. It was a spiel. And they start laughing at which point I kind of look up for my, and I really focus on what's going on in front of me. And it's two people that I know from school. They're like, we've never seen that side of you. That was so weird. They're like, you were just like salesperson trying to like welcome us in. It was all spiel. I'm like, I didn't even see you sitting here. Like it was so automatic. Like I was locked into that thinking. But that's a perfect example, at least for me, about the I can be that gregarious kind of salesperson. Right? That was purposeful. I was sort of like trying to sell food, welcome the customer in. And then the reality that these people didn't know that part of me. <clears throat> they had no clue or access to that side of me. And that was sort of like my first, my one of my first and clearest examples of um, that difference between who I was away from work and who I am when I'm at work. Um, but it also also reminded me of just that idea of when introverted people put on extroverted tools in order to sort of be in the world. Um, it was a lot more helpful that I made money because of it. <laughs> that was a pretty good motivator to be better at being um, more gregarious. I mean, making money from my gregariousness was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, it's that was a that was a funny moment, and I was stunned. I was stunned because I didn't even like I didn't. I had no clue that I was about to drop a spiel on two people that knew me really well from from school. And it was just so funny that they're actually in my, in my section. You know what it reminds me? You know the couple of times where I think you've mentioned being out with your boys and you say hi to someone and they're kind of like, how do you know that person? Like they don't know that you know people other than them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So New Year's Eve. I told you our plans. Movie marathon. Popeye's chicken. And uh, I bought the kids some, and we'll do some champagne, Karen and I. I bought, bought the kids some sparkling cider, non-alcoholic cider, so they'll be able to toast it. Mm. And we'll stay up late. We will stay up late. But mostly because we're watching many movies. Right, right. That's, I don't know what the plan is here. I'm sure there'll be some kind of meal. Um, like a family meal? Like a, yeah, yeah. Something, like we'll, like, we'll, we'll have a theme. Or something, something. But there will, you know, and maybe my youngest might want to try to stay up till midnight. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Like, I really don't give it any thought mm -hmm. until it comes up. It's not. It's just going to be another Saturday night for me. Um, so we'll see. I think it's good to keep it that way. I think it's good to have that element of it. 
Well, if the kids want something, that's different. I'm open to that, but huh. for me, Trick. it's not. It's not a big deal. That's good. I think that's good not to have it as a big deal. That's my take. But I know other people. Is that better? I mean, it was good the first time, dude. I just don't. I like it. It's nice. Um, <laughs> it's it's. I like the the. I like the. Um, I need you in my gallery, walking the people around and giving them a tour of stuff. You just you're sitting there with the group. You're like, it's good. I like it. It's nice. And then someone goes, "Yo, dude, is that a Christmas tree on fire?" <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't That's know. That's tough. I don't know this guy. Like, I'm just here to walk around and. Talk about the art. I think it's wild that we had snow and then it just melted away. That's interesting, eh? It's all slush here. I was gonna, I was gonna give a shot. I might still go out to the forest today. I just know it's gonna be a muck fest, oh. a muck fest. And I don't know if you've ever had this happen where you end up coming, you go in with a size ten and you come out with a size fourteen because <laughs> there's just so much like mud and sticks and stuff stuck to the outside of the boot. So, but I think I do want to get outside. I want to get out into the forest today. I'm hoping I, to. I definitely need some air. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll definitely be out moving around for sure. So for a Sunday, so what's, what's the rest of the day then? What's the fun thing? We're in this, we're in this, you know, end of the first week. Um... I've read in your posts, I've seen, we've talked, you've, you've had your relax to a degree. Is there, is there more relaxation that's necessary or are you, you feeling like. I'm living it up. I'm, <laughs> is it, you know, do I need more of it? Um, that's debatable, but I'm totally, my wife and I were talking about this the other day and she said she really enjoyed, she's enjoying watching me do nothing. Like, I literally, it's, I'm watching television shows that I haven't seen in a long time. I'm playing video games. Um, it's just total, like, just total chill is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. So today, uh, the Canada World Juniors hockey team plays... Every year, there's a World Junior Tournament, and they uh -huh. start on the they start on Boxing Day. So my son is pretty pumped up about watching that. So he and I will be watching a lot of hockey in the coming days. Um, but aside from that, like I don't have anything. There's nothing really planned. Nothing's really happening. It's just. I'm just taking it easy until I have to wake up and go to work. Mm -hmm. I know you guys like to do stuff as a family. I don't know. Maybe, you know, what might happen is midweek, we might get in the car and go somewhere to pick can you, something can up. Can you do, do something, something for me? Can you do something for me? Just so I can live vicariously? Sure. Let's hear it. <laughs> could you, could you um, pick up, is it the Dubrovniks? Dubrovniks. Dubrovniks. Can you, yeah. can you just, can you do that and just let me know if it was a good experience? Because I start, I started following them on Instagram. Um, it looks good, man. That they, yeah, that that uh, they, I, I, it looks good what they're putting up. 
So you want me to get some Dubrovniks? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. I, and just I think I can do it, that. I can do I, that. I, and and I my family won't be bothered song. either. My family will be happy if I bring it's home Dubrovniks to be like, Chris asked me to do this. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's it's the one thing I will say, like there seems to be like you got Lady Glaze, you got Dubrovniks. There was another one, another donut shop that you oh no, monster somewhere else. We got two more in Waterloo region that are really good. What Albert's, is it? Albert's, Albert's right. Donuts and Red Eye Cafe Donuts. See, we don't, and this goes whole right back to the whole, you know, my mama's donuts days. What you know, what's throwing down on that question from last week? What's your, your what, where, when, why, donut shop? Like, there's nothing like that here. There's places, there's bakeries here. I would say that. They're kind of doing the donut thing, but they're not known for the donut thing. Like no one's saying, I gotta go to Lady Glaze. And and to have the community support it, right? Like that's the other you can you can Lady Glaze, it strikes me as like they got roots. Like they got that's a name that I've mentioned to a few people, and they're like, Yeah, yeah, I know that shop. I know that shop. So um there's also one in Guelph that I keep yes. mentioning to I keep mentioning to my in-laws to go and check out. Uh, I don't know if they've made it there yet. Yeah, I don't know, but we do have we do have a couple of mom pa shops too that I'm not familiar with. There's some places out in the country around me that are like they're not donut shops, they're bakeries per se, and they've got killer donuts. So I've been told about those. But as far as like alternatives to Tim Hortons, we have we have four. You know, like Dubrovniks, Lady Glaze, I would say, are gourmet you know, big, expensive donuts full with sugar. And I'd say Dubrovniks is similar, but not not like Lady Glaze. There's, you know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. like the artistic Instagram-ish that Lady Glaze is. And then Red Eye Cafe is literally a, like a, a coffee shop that they happen to make, you know, different donuts every month that people want to try. And then Albert's is like a the Lady Glaze equivalent in Cambridge. Um, and it's just, it brings me pleasure to visit these places and get donuts and bring them home and break them up with the family and see what everybody likes. Now, you know, we, we could, we could get in the car and drive to Hamilton, pick up some donut monster. That's it. I always say it. Donut monster. I always want what to say Albert, donuts. Albert cafe. What's it called? Oh, Albert's donuts and red eye cafe. Um, but yeah, I think I can grab some Dubrovniks this week and just, you know, quick shout out to Clough around the donuts. I would appreciate that. I, I, I think I can do that for you. Um, I did something else the other day that I didn't tell you about. Do I, I, uh, I visited, um, Chung Chan, Chung Chan here in Waterloo. I got, uh, Chung Chan. Chun Chun, thank you. It's the same same word twice, just one of them has a G on it. I just forget Chung which one. Chun. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was driving. Where was William? William. William was with me. Oh, we had just finished getting his COVID test. He had to get tested for COVID. Okay. And uh, we're trying to get lunch to bring home. So I'm like, you know what? We couldn't decide. We were having some issues. And I was at University Plaza where it is, and I just pulled in. He's like, what are we doing? I'm like, we're getting Korean hot dogs. 
He's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yep. So I got three regulars and three volcanoes. That's a good choice. And um, what'd you get on them? Um, Dose them up at all, or so Will got one of his regulars uh, with the uh, the formula called Classic Korean, which is ketchup and sugar. Oh. Yeah, so he got ketchup and then sugar sprinkled on top. He said he liked it. And then Ben wanted spicy mayo and honey mustard yep. on on his volcano and his classic. And then for the remainder, I just got ketchup and uh, honey mustard. Uh, I just kept it nice and simple because yep. nobody had it before. So I didn't want to I didn't want to go wacko with their combos, but everybody enjoyed them. Ben and Will enjoyed them. Sarah had some. She liked it. Um, I have to tell you though, I'm a little disappointed that their classic their their prices are more here. It's more expensive mm. here in Waterloo at the location. Because okay. when you and I were together and we saw their classic, we were like, Yeah, we could buy a couple of those and it wouldn't hurt too much. It was three dollars three and Something change. Like Yep. Here it's four twenty five for a classic. Cost of rent. Well, I was shaking my head. Cost of rent. University students are right there. I wasn't impressed, but mm. what are you gonna do, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, whatever. We had it. It was good. Um, I'm glad that there's one just down the street. If I ever, if I ever get the like feeling it, and they're quick. Like I could stop there at lunch when I'm driving from one school to another, get a volcano and just keep driving, you know, no biggie. It wasn't that quick when you and I were there. It was, I wouldn't say that, that quick. And when I took the fam the next day on the Saturday, it took a, you know, I'll say it, it, it took a long time for oh. fried hot dogs. Like we were there probably waiting for about 25 minutes. Wow. The Waterloo one was quick. That's but good. I don't know. Okay. Dubrovniks. I'm going to have to tell the family so that they, they keep me to it. Not to Broadnecks. That's something. That's something I wish. I wish we had. Maybe that's something I just need to check. I know my family's always down for a food adventure, um, and I have a couple on my list. I think I've told you. Whenever we have holiday times, we bring build a common list, mm -hmm. and then people can put stuff on it that they want. Um, so there's food adventure stuff on there. Um, Jake now has a mobile phone. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, he's entered the family ecosystem. So, uh, yeah, so he's adding stuff on there, probably more than the rest of us. But stuff on there is like family back scratch circle. <laughs> like like we all sit and we give each other a back scratch. <laughs> it's stuff that he wants. That was part of what he wanted for his birthday. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Before we go. Yeah, yeah. I want you to comment on the record if your son talked to you about playing Fortnite with me and Jim Pedrich. <laughs> Did that come He's, up? he yeah, he he mentioned he played with uh he played with you and he played with uh, another one of our friends. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. He goes, I don't think he was very good though. I'm like, Whoa. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I and I didn't I don't know. I've never played with Jim. Was it is Jim a new player? Uh no, Jim. Player? Jim, well, I don't know how long he's been playing, but when I was, when him and I were playing before your son jumped in, he was holding his own. Yeah. So okay. I was actually laughing because uh, 
I went down a couple of times and he had to come and save me. I said, oh, by the way, you know, we broke a record the other day. Clough died like 15 times and I had to bring him back. And uh, I was laughing because that was me. I was the Clough. I was like, I just oh, kept you were going falling. down. Yeah. Well, I kept taking risks and then needing somebody to save me. So it was just yeah. funny. I that is something. I was going to say that is that is often what happens. Like whenever the time when you and I are driving and you start to say, like often when you start to say, should we check this place out? Most times I've already launched out of the car. Yes. And then you're like, where did you go? Okay, I guess we're checking this place out then, are we? <laughs> like, so, but that there's risks with that because that's typically when someone takes me out. <laughs> I just go running into a spot and it's like, oh, geez, man, there's five people here. There's also the uh, Clough get in the car. The storm's coming in. Let's go. Yeah. You're like, okay, okay. So anyway, I just thought that was funny. So then Jake comes in and schools us both, right? Um, yeah. It was funny to listen to Jim interact with Jake. It what was, does Jim, where does Jim teach? What's his thing? High school English. Okay. High school so what, what was the diff? What was the difference that you sort of noticed? Well, he had never met Jake before. So, right. you know, he's trying to feel out like, who is this kid? Where'd this kid come from? And I'm like, oh, it's Clough's son. You know, like adding quick context to it. And yeah. um, Jim and I, our conversation obviously shifted when Jake came in because he's a kid. So <laughs> you gotta, you gotta know who your audience is, right? Yeah. There was a, Jim seemed to move into teacher mode pretty quick in terms of like asking him questions about what he likes and dislikes. And it was very. Teachery. Yeah. Safe. It was very teach, very safe, very teachery. Um, but it was good. I mean, Jake was doing, Jake was doing his thing, you know, showing Jim, Hey, have you seen this? Do you know this? I'll give you one of these, you know, very accommodating, very friendly. And again, there's the, Hey, Jake, where's your dad? <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, my dad. My, I think you were on a walk with Karen. My dad's out. With, my dad's out on a walk. And then I heard your daughter say to him, okay, this is the last game. She was like managing it was really cool. I guess they know. Yeah. They know. Okay. She's just like, okay, this is your last game. He's like, okay. Uh, yeah. But I didn't get much more context around why it was his last game. But well, I'll tell you, it's it's so this is this is another interesting space. Do we got time for this? This is I this have is, time, yeah. This this is good dad. This is good dad style conversation. So um on ramping the kids. So the Xbox is mine. That was a gift from Karen. It's funny, gift from Karen maybe five, six years ago. When soon, not soon after it came out, but it the Xbox One. It's like the first generation Xbox One. Um, so it's also our entertainment center. So, like we have the streaming apps that we watch are connected to it. So the kids, when I first introduced video games to them, we were still uh Maddie tried them back at our old house. Now, that was 10 years ago. So that would have meant she was four or five years old when she first tried. And it was the Wii games. And if you remember the Wii, the Wii had a weird kind of, they were just starting with the, the nunchuck kind of controller, but you could turn it sideways. And it was like this big kind of like weird kind of bone in your hand, right? Like, and it didn't hold very well. So whatever game, some arrow game, she tried to play, but she couldn't get her hands around it. She wasn't quite big enough to do it. So then we move here to the house that we're in now. Uh, that's when she was moving into like JKSK, something like that. And it took a few years. I was gaming in relative peace. 
before she started to kind of notice. And I actually put Minecraft on, I think, I think it was the Xbox one. I had it. I put Minecraft on there and I put it in on the survival mode in the beginning and they didn't like it. And what they didn't like about it was two things. It was this sound, which is what the, I don't know what they are now, but they're like the monsters that were in Minecraft, like in the first generation, kind of like the zombies, the, and the fact that the remote rumbled in your hands when it happened. So you'd be getting the, the, um, the rumbling and the, and then the screen would flash red because you're attacked or like they dropped the remote. They're like, ah, scary. And they ran out of the door. They just left the room. So it took them a while to come back and they came back through, um, what were they playing? They they started playing together. Their first idea of co-op playing was playing um, Sonic's... Sega has a really good racing game on there. Sonic's, Sonic Racing or whatever. So it's it's the different characters. It's it's different. What's funny is that it's there's different Sega characters, but I think there's other universe characters in there too. <coughs> and they loved racing together on that. They still do. It's a really fun game. So that was kind of their on-ramp back back into gaming. So two years ago, was it two years ago? I think it was some it was sometime during the pandemic. So they they have a switch, so they started playing the Nintendo games and they're all good there, and they still like the switch. Um, I put Fortnite on the Xbox One. And I think you and I, I don't think you had started playing it yet. I'm trying to just track back or it was on your son. It was somewhere and it just wasn't as easily accessible. You, you were playing something else at the time. And I said, yeah, I put on the Xbox. I'm starting to play. And then we did the Epic account and kind of went from there. But then my kids started to play it and we were really slow at, um, I was intentionally slow in moving them into networked games because one, I know, I know, their brains and what their brains, when they feel good, they're going to just want to keep feeling good and they're going to want to stay there. Like there's a whole sort of addictive nature to the video game world. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also content, right? So part of it is I have games on there that are very much adult games and they're, they're gory or there's a lot of swearing. <clears throat> and it's the stuff that sometimes I like to play those games. Um, I've never been much of a, like a call of duty kind of a person mm -hmm. and I'm not really a resident evil kind of a player either but i like the games that kind of sit somewhere in between where there's there's a good campaign mode i don't mind if it's aggressive or you know you have to hunt monsters i don't mind if there's the blood there but i'm aware that those games and those moments can sometimes just pop up in the middle of other games so it's a little bit of like how is it how am i going to introduce them to the world of this media in a way that they'll enjoy <clears throat> they can learn something they can and then eventually I thought build some community, connect with friends and stuff like that. So we're in pandemic and um, I'm getting requests. I forget how it happened. I started playing on Fortnite and I think Jacob told someone at school that we have Fortnite and he didn't really know much about it at the time, except by reference from his friends. Um, and Maddie hadn't played it much, but they saw me playing it, trying it one time. And, and at the time, Maddie was, was saying, oh, that's the game, insert sort of judgy word about boys, that all the boys are playing when they're constantly chatting about it. She was very much like, it's a boy's game, because boys are always talking about it. 
And then she started to play and she's pretty good at it. She's a very smart player. Very smart player. Uh, strategic. She very quickly, you know, I'm, I'm watching her play and she's picking up victories one after another. And it's not because she's hiding out. It's because she's interacting. So this was about a year ago. Jake started playing. He was okay, but he was constantly getting taken out. Um, but he's become better. And you've played with him and you've noticed, like he's got, he's figured out the fluency. Um, he's figured out his strategy, his style of play. He's very balanced in it. It was funny the other day, um, he gave, he he corrected someone. So in our family, ever since, as soon as my student, my students, that was a bad trip, but it wasn't studenting. It's parent teaching your kids to be humans. Um, I've, right from the beginning, I told them, you never say die or killed in a game, mm-hmm. ever. Ever, 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 ever. You, you do not say it. Do not think like that. And I and I explained to them why. And I told them about, you know, the preciousness of life. Like only things that are actually physically alive can die. Like that's, and we need to sort of hang on to that. I said, because there's there's a door there that when you walk through it and you start to use that language, you do start to change your thinking about what it actually means to die. Like you mix spaces. So my kids will always say destroyed. I was destroyed. Or exploded, like they won't cross over and use the 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 um, biological term. And um, it was funny. We walked in, and and Jake was telling his one of his friends about it, but he didn't explain why. He just kind of said, "Yeah, it's it's destroyed." Oh, that's just what I say. I say destroyed. I said, "No, tell him, tell him why." And I could only, I said, "It's it's important." I, I, this is me being an embarrassing dad. I said, "It's good to provide this point of view to your friends." I think it's good to tell them that. I said, it also reinforces your own belief by saying it out loud. It's a good belief. Use the word destroyed. Use the word exploded. Be cautious of using the other word. And most times there's like, like Jake's constantly chatting back and forth. They're talk, 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 talk. And then he sort of said this and there's just silence. Like he's not saying anything. I'm like, yo, dude, what's going on? He goes, I don't know. They're not saying anything. I'm like, okay, go back to your, go back to your conversation, whatever it is. Where we started with this was the amount of time. So both my kids get 40 minutes a day gaming. That's it. 40 minutes. The 40 minutes is set most times because 40 minutes can be an hour, depending on when you're jumping into your campaign. So it's not that they necessarily have to jump out and say, I just have to leave a game. But Karen and I have been mindful as far as, um, and we've told them flat out, that the 40 minutes is a way to manage their addiction. And they're like, we're not addicted. Yes, you are. And this is the way you have to just respect an external rule because neither one of you are sort of capable of saying I've had enough, but you still have enough sort of, um, I guess, fear that you'll follow the 40, you'll follow the 40 minutes so that you'll get your next 40 minutes. Not like by pushing an extra 20 or, and, and we've done deductions in the past. I said, dude, we asked you to get off. You didn't get off to both of them. We say you've, you get 20 minutes tomorrow. That's it. And we've been holding pretty close, tight reins on that. And I will say I'm driving that only because I'm more immersed in the gaming world. Like I get the good and the bad. Um, um, I do still support gaming over TV because it's interactive. Uh, so just watching a TV show is you don't, you don't actually create or do anything. It's just passive media consumption. Um, but as far as playing the video games, yeah, we do a limit of 40 minutes. 
I think the reason I started this is that Jake now jumping in with his mobile phone, both of my kids, I own both their phones. You and I talked about this. They don't actually own their phones. So I have them both set up as a family member and I can control stuff from my phone on theirs. So it's interesting, Jake, with it now, um, like we made it clear to him, you won't be bringing your phone to school mm -hmm. this year, this next school year. Uh, maybe in grade seven, you'll bring it because Maddie will be going on to high school. So it, you know, we'll decide it may be useful for you to carry it, but basically between now and the next seven months or whatever, we'll be six months. We'll be sort of training him to be able to use that phone in a mindful way. Um, and we both told them that they're only ever going to get used phones from us. Like we're not going out and spending. We told them flat out said the new phones are going to go to your mommy, your mother and I, and you'll get our leftovers or we'll go to that shop that I was telling you about and just buy you a, some burner phone that we know you're going to lose. So parenting, parenting in tech, eh? Parenting in tech. Mm -hmm. Parenting in tech. So it's good. I like working through this stuff with them. That's cool. I feel like it's something that I can contribute to. You have sometimes those conversations with your kids. You really do feel like you have something that you have something that um, is definitely like secret sauce kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when it comes when it comes to the tech stuff, I feel like I can't stop them. So all I can be is a really good signpost for them. I feel that's a good plan, bro. We'll see. We'll see. It's a, it's, it's a plan. You never know if it's good until, you know what? You never know it's good until you hear them on their, on their chat telling another kid, like, yeah, I don't like to say kill or die because that's kind of for biological things. Mm. That's, that's when you know you're, you're onto something good. And you're, you know, my hope is that, that, that conversation means something to them. means something more when they actually have to deal with that type of loss. Mm-hmm. I think it'll probably make it more real. They're never going to say this is just like in a video game, but we have those conversations too, right? Like I've, I've heard that kind of media comment before that you only get to respawn in a video game, you know, take mm -hmm. care of yourself or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks for your time today. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to my parenting gibberish. <laughs> it's all good. We both have the same gibberish. If that's what you want to call it. <laughs> that's the book that they say that doesn't exist the book of gibberish yeah the book of parenting gibberish oh gotcha somehow it's handed down <clears throat> it's it's given it's it's bequeathed and you never you never really fully read it but you always are you know attributing to it pulling quotes from it <sighs> damn okay get your donuts bro well it, it's not gonna happen today it's not gonna happen today I'm just, I'm just lighting you up, get your donuts. And it's making me now think I need to, I know I have to go upstairs and do some, some stuff. Hey, get this kind of a cool, it's a very cool thing. Karen got me a fire pit. Oh, so get this. That fire pit doesn't go in the backyard. You know where it goes? Uh, in, the drive, in the driveway. Okay. <laughs> so it's just a small one that I can bring out to put right in the center of the driveway. You just oh. put the chair around it. Yeah. That's kind of a thing on our street. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, whenever you make it back this way, that might be, we can just sort of sit out in the driveway, have a beverage and a, 
and a little bit of fire. Go out for smoke. <laughs> Go out for a smoke, yeah. <laughs> Sit in the driveway. Where's Clough and Chids in the driveway having a smoke? With probably lots of food around them, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still snacks. Snacks are important. Oh, and donuts from Waterloo for your kids. They would appreciate that. They don't know about those feeds, but they would, they would, yeah, they would take that for sure, man. I, I can imagine bringing them uh, just gourmet donuts and saying, these are for you, nobody else. And then oh, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, like half a dozen for just the two of them. Here, kids, this is, this is for you. You don't have to share this with your mom or your dad. I mean, you have to listen to your parents. If they decide to come down hard on you, that's a different story. But this is a Waterloo gift for you two kids. And then That's I awesome. would love to see what happens to Jake after he eats one of those. Because he's he'd already be, quite energetic. Yeah. He'd be lit up. <laughs> he would be lit up. That's Definitely. what I mean. That's you're like, yeah, yeah. Uncle <laughs> Uncle Roland's going home. That Uncle is the way. <laughs> yeah, that is the that is the way. We're good with that. We're good with that. I'd okay. still get a bite, but I'm good with that. I'd still get a bite. No, don't worry. I bring something for you and the missus. Thanks. You guys would not be left in the cold. It's all good. <clears throat> okay, well, this was season five, episode thirteen. Holy mm-hmm. cow, we only got thirteen episodes in since uh, August. That's okay, though. I don't. It's okay. I'm not counting. Is I did a similar thing. I started doing the numbers, but like even by the months, like if we drop four, January, February, March, April, May, June. If we that's five, that's another twenty episodes, which still puts us like thirty episodes over thirty. It's kind of how we're rolling. We used to be more like. The weekends we could get to it, but we've had some busy weekends, so no biggie on this end. Right on. It's our podcast. That's right. Nobody joined us today, though. That is, uh, that's all good. I did not tweet out about it. All right. That may have caused people to not come, but this is Decoded Podcast, and it's more than a podcast. It is. It is. <clears throat> okay, well, have a great day, and hopefully I'll be talking to you next Saturday. We'll see. Absolutely, man. Okay. Ciao. Peace.